Do you want to be a kitchen maven? Do you aspire to bone apple tea? Well, your kitchen is the center of your wellness. So let's talk about it. Now, you might be rolling your eyes or even considering skipping this episode altogether, but stay with me, please. Because a kitchen glow up is truly at the center of you glowing up. Because food is the one thing that we put in our bodies like consistently. We're always eating, we need to eat, you can't cut out food, and you need food to live. And so when you understand how to feed yourself well, that is inevitably the portal to glowing up. Facts, like straight up. If you take nothing from this episode, take that. And the thing about a kitchen glow up is it's at once a superficial endeavor. It's kind of like what your kitchen looks like when you sort of walk into it and look at it. But it's also about how it functions. And it's also about you. I mean, it's about picking the right dishes. It's about knowing your mealtime proclivities. It's about being honest about who you are and then doing the effort from that place. And as a chef, I have, well, I was a private chef for years. I was a caterer for a number of years until I became a person who cooks on television and on the internet. And I have planned thousands of meals. And there are some universal truths about meal planning and meal prep and feeding yourself and sort of like having a kitchen glow up that everyone can take on. These exist outside of any diet, any way of eating, because, I mean, you do you. I mean, I want you to live your best life and eat food that makes you feel happy, but I'm really here on this episode to teach you how to fundamentally plan and structure and strategize eating so that you do it better, so that you eat better, and therefore feel good on the inside, reflect it on the outside, and shine, shine, shine. So the first thing is you want to designate a cooking zone. So much time is wasted in the meal prep process, faffing around your kitchen, looking for this thing over here, looking for that thing back there, looking for this thing downstairs or in the storage room. And so before you do anything, go into your kitchen and look at the space. Ask yourself, if I'm standing in one place, am I able to grab everything that I need to grab in order to make what I'm making? Are bowls accessible? Is my knife right there? Are cutting boards there? Is the sink close by so I can put things in it as I need? Is there a garbage there? Are there spoons and forks? And am I close to the cooking thing that I'm using? If I'm using the blender, is it by me? and not in a like encumbering way is the stove by me. Also understanding what stuff you use most. If you are using your blender all the time and it's away and hard to get out and it's heavy, no, switch that around, bring the blender down, put something up or make room for the blender because you know you use it so often because then you're gonna use it more, hopefully for the intent of eating healthier. And if you listen to the last episode about glowing up your glucose, um, you know that there are like bringing it back into the kitchen and being in more control of the food that you eat means that you, it has the ability to glow you the F up. I would swear, but I'm trying to keep these episodes clean and not explicit, but know in real life that I would have said the actual word. 
Okay. So you designated your cooking zone. You've made it a place that you feel like you want to go into. And also get rid of the stuff that you aren't using. If you are keeping like the Snoopy snow cone maker, I had one of those RIP, best thing ever. If you have one of those things and you only use it three months out of the summer or the year rather, and it's still, you know, taking up a prominent place in the kitchen. Maybe it's time that the Snoopy Snow Cone Maker get put away as it's October. You know what I'm saying? And so making it so that when you open a drawer, you are like breathing easy. I found what I need to find as opposed to being like, oh my God, this mess. You kind of got to go in there and give it a little bit, bit of a tidy just so that it's a like welcoming and friendly place. That there's saying. Also, you want to categorize your food and put things in areas that sort of like make it easy to know where things are and easily at a glance. And so you want to group similar objects, keep everything and give everything a place. Because then when it's not in its place, you can either choose someone out for putting it in the wrong place because it wasn't you, or you know that it's missing. You know, it's got to be somewhere. It's either in the dishwasher, it's in the sink or whatever. But if something has a place, it's easy to know if you have that thing or not. And that just doesn't just go for like utensils and items. It goes for food as well. If you always keep the pastas and the, the quinoas in one part of the pantry, you can easily at a glance just go, ah, voila. I don't have any quinoa. I need to put that on the list if that's what you so choose to eat. Or I don't have any pickles or whatever. Having things have a place means that everything is just less confusing. It just feels more accessible. And like it, it buys you time. And like it actually gives you some time back because you're not wasting time looking for things. And in the initially... And I say this to people, meal planning will buy you time back. It will absolutely give you time back in your life. I say this with like 100% confidence. That being said, the first week or two weeks or even a month, as you kind of get your sea legs as far as meal planning is concerned, it might be, um, you know, a bit of a, like a learning curve is the word to use. But obviously over time, um, like, and like, I mean, obviously, like you will obviously start to notice that over like the weeks, you'll be like, oh, wow, this felt easier. This felt easier. This felt easier because that's what meal planning is meant to do for you. And it has absolutely the power to do that. But I feel like having a cooking zone, having food in its place, those are things that I, I assume you might have heard before, kind of the obvious stuff. But I also want to talk about shopping. Like shopping better is just like, honestly, we'll, if you know how to shop, like someone who shops a lot for work in like the food space, then you save so much time. And so a lot of people go into a store, any store, um, and just like, they just randomly pick things up. And while I get that, that's sometimes the case. Sometimes you have to do that. You're like, I'm in the area. I need to grab this thing. I have to go into the store. But Pick a store and like be that store, be about that store. Let that store be your store because then you can like scope it out, you know, exactly where everything is. You're not wasting any time like farting around down aisles. You know what they have, what they don't have. Cause like, there's just some, like my local grocery store that I go to, like not almost, not exclusively, but almost exclusively, um, 
it, they just like never have sesame seeds. So if I need sesame seeds, I get them somewhere else because I'm not gonna waste my time looking for sesame seeds in there. And so that's what I mean by picking a store, knowing a store, scoping out that store and just like understanding how it works. Because if you know that all you need are these three things, you can go there, there, and there and get out fast as opposed to like meandering down the aisles. Now, if you're someone who loves grocery shopping and you go to like a really like chic and bougie grocery store, I mean, then meander away, I would do the same thing. But if you're shopping and you're trying to like be efficient with your kitchen glow up and therefore meal planning and prep, then um, find a store, make it your store and like know that store. So you can be efficient in the store. Also knowing your pantry, and this comes down again to grouping similar objects, having a real good idea of what you have and what you don't have is um, just gonna save you money, but it's also gonna save you time because then you won't put things on the list and go get those things um, if you don't need them because you already have them. And this is a problem for a lot of people. When I was a private chef, anytime I would go into someone's kitchen, the first thing I would do is organize it because it's like, well, now I'm gonna be in this kitchen. You can do whatever you want before, but now that I have to cook in here, I need it to function a little bit more properly. And often I would find like six quinoas when I brought it quinoa as well, you know, zillion pastas of all different varieties. And so knowing what you have means that, hey, you can cook from your pantry and save some coin. Hello, we all love saving coins and we can use it on things we like really want to do. Um, but it also just means that you don't end up wasting time shopping for things that you don't need. So that. Another thing that um, people don't really think about, but is the vibe is packing your bags or your you know boxes or wherever you're shopping packing them in common groupings so that when you're unloading you're unloading efficiently if all the vegetables are in one thing you put them all in the crisper all the fruit you put them all in one spot all the meats all the dairies and you kind of just like work in like a more efficient manner so that's just like a hot tip sometimes i don't do that and when i don't do that i notice so anyways that's like a real like insider tip and lastly if you hate shopping if everything i just mentioned like really bugs you out and you are just like no i hate that that sounds terrible to me then instead of doing any of that you should just order your groceries now i always say to people if you want to save time you might have to spend a little bit of money for the convenience so again you might have to spend a little bit more but honestly the cost difference of ordering groceries versus going to get groceries is kind of nominal the only thing that i personally don't like about it is that sometimes you know the person that is picking the groceries is not as discerning as i am and I just don't like to give up that kind of control. So especially because I take pictures of food, like I make food and then I take pictures of it and you know, it has to be shared in places and I just can't be having other people choose that stuff. Unless I'm in a bind. If I am in a pinch, I'll absolutely order groceries and that's I think why the service exists for me. But um, I just like a little bit more discernment. That being said, if you don't give a hell, then you should absolutely order your groceries if that is the barrier to you getting into the meal planning game. Straight up, order them. Take the whole shopping part right out of the equation if that's gonna make it more likely for you to do it.
Okay. Now you also just need to appoint your kitchen well and properly. You, I think a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to meal plan. They get really excited about meal planning. They go on to plan their, like to cook meals. They've like picked the recipes. They've bought the groceries and they're ready to cook. And I love that enthusiasm. It's beautiful. But it's often um, misplaced or just sort of like ahead of itself if your kitchen is not appointed properly. And what I mean by that is like, do you have pots and pans? And like, if you're like, oh, well, of course I have pots and pans. Do you have a nonstick or something that is, you know, stick resistant? I love cast iron. It's like my favorite. Um, do you have, do they have lids? You might have lids. Can they go into the oven? Do you have a skillet? They ask you for one. Do you have a heavy bottom pot? Again, you have to look at the recipes that you're picking, and then you also have to look at what you have. And if you don't have some things, I mean, it's a no. Um, food processor or blender. I will say outright, I think a really good blender trumps a food processor because you can do things in a blender you can't do in a food processor, but most things you can do in a food processor, most, um, you can do in a blender. So I mean, my professional two cents. Um, Well-sharpened chef knife. There's actually a dude that drives around my neighborhood, I'd say once a month. Uh, it's like ice cream truck music and he sharpens knives. It's pretty sweet. It's really legit. Comes, he just sharpens it. You just take your knife down. You like flag him down, take your knife down. He takes tap. It's a beautiful thing, but you need one. I mean, I digress, but you need a good knife. And here's why you need a good knife as someone who cut the tip of her thumb off whilst working with a dull knife. Now, if you are, cause you probably heard people say, oh, don't cut with the dull knife. You'll cut yourself first. And you're like, well, it's a dull knife. Why? Here's why. If you are cutting something with a dull knife, you are applying so much pressure that if you slip, you are going to cut yourself so bad because of the amount of pressure you were applying to compensate for this knife not actually being able to cut. Now, if a knife is really sharp, it cuts easily. You're not having to put any pressure because the knife is, knife is sharp. That's the desired effect. It also just makes food prep feel easier when your knife is sharper. I will say this, and I always warn people in my home when the knife is sharpened, that knife has been sharpened because it could cut you, cut you bad. So be careful. Um, you also need cutting boards of all varieties, plastic ones, wooden ones, small ones. I mean, sort yourself, especially if you're really going to commit to this, like, cause like this is a lifestyle. Um, get all, get all the wares. Cutting boards are cheap. You can go to like a dollar store and get cutting boards of wood and plastic variety very easily. Food storage containers. Um, I personally like glass. I just don't really like storing my food in plastic, but if that's what you've got and that's what you want to keep, hit it. Just make sure that you cool things completely before you put them in that plastic or else more of that plastic is going to leach into your food. You're going to get some leaching. It's just, I mean, facts, but, um, you know, glass is best, but if you've got plastic, use what you've got. Wooden spoons, spatulas, whisks, um, tongs, can opener, uh, measuring cups and spoons, a vegetable peeler, one that's like, looks like a Y cause you can make big, nice threads, but the other one that's just like a quick peeler. Um, mixing bowls, 
uh, a colander, a small one, a big one, a good can opener, one that actually works, you know, one that doesn't work sucks. Um, having different kinds of knives, you have a well-sharpened chef knife, but maybe you have a serrated knife, small paring knife, maybe a couple of chef knives, one, some of that are big, some that are small, maybe you have a mallet, just making sure that if you are going to be going out there and picking recipes and you know, dedicating yourself to making these recipes that you actually have what you need to get make those recipes. Another thing too, unsung hero of a kitchen essentials list, parchment paper. Because what that's gonna save you is time in the cleanup. And so also parchment paper. Uh, I love parchment paper. I use, I use it so much. So anywho, that's like what you need to do to get, I think your kitchen set up in a proper fashion. And that's just like some of the things I named. You have to know, thyself. you have to make sure that you um, know what you're making, what you want to make, what you're excited to make, and you have the utensils in order to do it. Very important. I mean, I've gone into so many kitchens to cook as a private chef and they're like, yeah, we have everything. And then I get there and I'm like, you have nothing. And what you have is kind of derelict, but it's like everyone's version of having everything is different. And so you need to go audit your kitchen, assess it and be like, okay, what do I need in order to make the food that I want to make? But how you're going to know that is you can plan your meals like a pro. And you're going to plan them first. Got to think about it. Can't just wing it. Just going to the grocery store and buying food and then coming home to make it is a bit too wing it, especially because this is supposed to be a plan. As much as I love winging it, I feel like winging it is such a vibe sometimes. You're like, I'm just going to like trust and see what happens. Meal planning is not that endeavor. You kind of need to go in with more of a planner's mind. And so what I always tell people is treat yourself as a novice. You know, meet yourself at your lowest bar, truly. Don't be ambitious. I said at the top, you know, do you want to be Bon Appetit or Bon Appetit if you're not getting what I'm saying, but um, don't aspire to that right away. That's for like fun meals. You're entertaining. You're going to a potluck. You want to show out. Like, yes, absolutely. Those recipes where you can just like get stuck in for hours on one thing. But this is about efficiency. And so you want to choose meals that are easy, that when you look at them, you're like, I could do that in that amount of time. I also tell people, if you look at recipes and they give you a time allotment, they say, oh, this is a 25 minute recipe, add 10 minutes, always. Um, it's just often people under undercut how long something is going to take someone at home who may not have the same equipment, who may not have the same space, who might have some different things to work with. So I always add 10 minutes. Just makes your life easier as far as your recipe selection. Because again, you don't want to feel overwhelmed by this. This is about making food that is going to nourish you and balance your glucose and love your gut and make you feel happy and healthy and like shining from the inside out. Like a kitchen glow up is essentially like a you glow up because all of the things about glowing up, certainly from the inside out, that have to do with like what we put in our bodies has a lot to do with food, has a lot to do with pre preparing food, but it shouldn't have to rule your life. It shouldn't. And it doesn't have to, um, as long as you follow all of those rules.
The Meal Planning Masterclass is the only meal planning course you need. Learn from a professional chef who has planned thousands of meals, how to save time while making delicious gourmet food. Every glow up starts in the kitchen and the Meal Planning Masterclass will help you get started. Join the Glucose Globe community for immediate access to the course or join as a guest for $11.11. Head to the Glucose Globe for more information. And the last most important thing about meal planning and meal prep that I don't think that people take into account or really talk about that much. I mean, we bandy about meal planning and meal prep. We talk about recipes. We talk about all these different things. But the most important thing about this endeavor is knowing yourself, you know, understanding, like I said at the top, your proclivities. Like, what do you like to eat? Um, What are your behaviors around food because that will dictate what you make. If you are just using some random template that you found on Pinterest or you found on the internet, while that might help you sort of understand the mechanics to a degree, it doesn't take you into account. You have to take yourself into account in this whole process. I mean, with anything, I mean, a kitchen glob, a glucose glob, all of it is about who you are ultimately at the foundation and working everything around that. And so if you get tired of food quickly. Like if you're the, a person that like doesn't like leftovers, that, you know, if you have to eat a meal like two or three times in a row, you are absolutely bored. That's going to be a different type of prep for you. It just is. You are going to potentially make a lot of different items. You know, you might roast a chicken, you might make a steak, you might make a salmon, you might do some quinoa, you might roast some vegetables and you keep them all separate and you kind of just like mix them together in different factions and in sort of different iterations to keep it feeling fresh. That's like more of your prep vibe, I would say. But maybe you are fine with that. Maybe you're a person that's like, you know what? I, if it's delicious, I will eat that thing all week or I'll eat it three days in a row. I'll have it for dinner and then lunch. Amazing. Then you are someone who likely can just look up like full recipes, make them and not tire of them and eat them over the week as it goes. And that's again about knowing yourself, like a person who you know, wants to just like make meals and just eat those meals consecutively might feel tired out by having to always sort of find a way to like mix and match these foods that she has to make it, you know, different and delicious. While uh, conversely, someone who tires the food easily might make, you know, two big batches of like a soup and like maybe a roasted sheet pan meal and then are exceptionally bored of it after you know, they're like, I don't want to eat it anymore. And so that makes them feel wasteful and it makes it feel like it's not something that's working out for them. Because I've actually heard people say meal planning didn't work for me. And it's like, do you hear yourself? No, meal planning works for everyone. But first you have to know who you are to be able to plan those meals effectively. Also, another thing to factor in is your lifestyle. So knowing yourself, again, comes down to what do you like to eat? You know, what kind of meal structure do you like? Like, do you like leftovers, et cetera? But also, like, what's your lifestyle like? Are, is your life one that, you know, lots of these, like, random spontaneous events come up, you know, where you 
you might have to go out for dinner. You might have to go out of town overnight or something. You have to plan for that. Because if you make a bunch of food that can't go into the freezer and thaw deliciously, but you got to go out of town, you know, every couple of weeks, it might be spontaneous and you've made all this food. That's also something to think about as well. Meal planning is meant to also essentially save you money on waste Um, or not save you money on waste, but save you from wasting food because, you know, you're not buying things that you don't need. There aren't things that are sticking around in your crisper, in your pantry that are just going bad or going stale. Like that's also part of like what effective meal planning does, but you also have to know know your your lifestyle or else you will just be making a lot of food to potentially waste. Um, And that also, I think, goes for people who don't like leftovers. You're likely to waste more food if you make these big, you know, batches of things and then you're like over them. What I will say, though, is even if that is your vibe, making big batches of like, you know, like snacks and treats and things and like, you know, like trail mixes, granola bars, chia puddings, etc. Like those things are recipes that like get you through, keep your blood sugar and your glucose lovely. Um, but I mean, that's again, a different kind of prep. If you take the meal planning masterclass, you're going to learn all about this um, because I cover it all. But that being said, it's so important to factor yourself into this process. And that's why I believe that a kitchen glow up is more than just like, oh, you know, drink like this chia seed sweep drink in the morning and boom, you're going to feel amazing. You will feel amazing. You will because like chia seeds are amazing. But it's about understanding the fundamentals of making that a habit, making that a lifestyle, being able to do it consistently, wanting to do it consistently and feeling the benefits of doing it consistently. Notice how I said consistently a bunch of times, because it really is about consistency. Um, But if you don't factor yourself in, you will fail at this. It will ultimately be a dud because you will likely choose things and make things that feel like they either make your life more difficult because you have to make them. It feels laborious or it feels like you're wasting things. So you just feel like a bad person. Neither of those are the desired effect. Meal planning is meant to save us time, nay, nay, buy us time back in our lives. But it requires a stronger foundation than just, I made a ton of meals and they're sitting in my fridge ready for me to eat. It's planning. It's knowing yourself. It's getting your kitchen set up from a like usability perspective. It's getting your kitchen set up from a utensil perspective. It's knowing how to shop or just deciding you don't want to shop at all. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's also understanding just what kind of food you like to eat and how you like to eat it. And then planning for that. It's planning and then it's prep. But if you know the fundamentals, you're set up for success. That's amazing. And now you're ready. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glow Up Tips for the Girls podcast. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, please leave me a rating, a review, subscribe, share. I mean, open your window and just scream out, listen to this podcast. And if you have any feedback for me, please join me on Instagram at Bianca.Osborne and you can give it to me there. The good, the bad, the ugly, I welcome it all. From my lips to your ears, shine on. See you next time.